Hey, Coconuts, today we're going to talk a little bit about self-care, specifically some of the myths around self-care. And also because recently I've been observing a lot of money going into self-care, a lot of consumers spending more on self-care, and of course a lot of marketing budget going into this whole thing. Is it like everybody needs a therapist now? Or it's like travel is all about self-care and, and all that, right? So there's a lot of big capital coming into this space. And recently I was putting together an episode or a season called Future Fitness that focused on some of these ideas. So I thought like, yeah, I'm going to share with you some of these thoughts that I have collected and also to trying to debunk this idea of self-care. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. So good morning, everyone. I welcome you to another day with the Financial Coconut. In our podcast, we're debunking financial myths, discovering best financial practices, and discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life. You get it. Ultimately, empowering us to create a life we love while managing our finances well. So today, about self-care. Right? There are a lot of things, big and small, to, to discuss. You know, But just to uh, give a shout-out to all of you, we're preparing a new show, so it's coming. And also, for all of you that don't yet know, I'm trying to record more videos like for monologues I'm trying to do this videos thing so uh, if you're consuming on Spotify on Apple great good on you continue I'm a big fan of podcasts I actually don't um, not the biggest fan of recording videos but you know <laughs> we're trying to do more things and more medium to be in short so yes if you want to see uh, my dynamic expression when recording these podcasts and also you know my um comfort buddy here, his name is Soju, then yeah, you should check out our YouTube channel uh, where this whole thing is recorded in a video format. Yes, so big capital to me has taken over this idea of self-care, right? Which is why now everything is about self-care, right? Salon is self-care, massage is self-care, but travel is self-care, you know, eating well is self-care, everything is self-care. And I always find it very problematic when money tells you what to spend on Nick's Right, and and then you sort of see a lot of people doing that, right? So I started to see some of my friends tagging, going to the gym, hashtag self care, going for dance class, hashtag self care. I'm like, ah, a bit problematic, right? And and I'm gonna share with you why, right? So so let's let's begin by first um, defining and assessing this idea of self care. Okay, so the base idea of self-care fundamentally assumes that there's an optimal level of the self. That means there is an optimal level that you should be in, and if you meander out of it, then you should bring yourself back with this whole idea of self-care. Right? So, so it's very interesting. Right? First assumes that there's an optimal level of self. And how do you then define your own optimal level of self? That is an ongoing discussion. We cannot do it um, in a short episode here today. I'll check out our new season. Uh, Future Fitness is coming soon. But I want to push it a little bit further to recognize that instead of just looking at an optimal level of the self, like the peace, the namaste, or <laughs> I don't know what people call it these days. Instead of looking at this one level of the self as an optimal individual, try to look at it as a band, right? So that means there's an upper band that if you break, then you go into this territory called injury, right? You get injured. Whether it's a physical injury or mental injury, you break down, you burn out. All these pretty much is the level where you kind of break, break out of it, right? So that is when you, yeah, pretty much your injury level, I would say. So, so in, this, in this band from the optimal to injury, 
this is the band where you kind of work within, right? It, it, is, it is ridiculous to believe that you can forever be in an optimal level of self and namaste all the time. I think it's quite hard, especially if you live in Singapore in a high-pressure environment, so many things changing, so many things moving all the time. Um, it, it's very hard. But to prevent yourself from breaking through the upper band, uh, I think there are some things that we can do which will then broadly be classified as self-care, which we'll talk about that later. But another thing I want to point out in this view of things is that the absence of stress is not exactly the best thing for you either. Because at this point in time, um, you see a lot of people trying to do things like, oh, no stress, no stress, like no stress is best, right? But is that really the case? Because if you think about it, healthy levels of stress is the basis of breaking through. Right? You want to learn something new, you have to go through some level of stress. You want to bring your body to a new format, you have to go through some level of stress. You want to pick up a new hobby, you have to go through some level of stress. Right? You want to read something, you learn something. Um, even when you listen to this podcast, there's some level of stress because I'm challenging your thought processes. So that is the, the level that I think we need to look at, right? which is to hold a healthy level of stress rather than not have any stress, okay? So prolonged chronic stress is a problem, okay? That one, I'm not discounting that. That means you're forever heightened, you're forever in a stressful state. And I went through periods of that. So I'm not discounting that element, but I would say the other extent of like no stress at all is uh, very problematic also because you want to break through, you want to make progress. That's why you listen to the podcast, right? I think there's a self-select community in the podcast that we do, right? So people that come in to listen every week, you want to improve, you want to make progress in your life. And with that fundamental as your goal, then you must have healthy level of stress without breaking and being injured. So all these things then bring to this fundamental idea of keeping progress, that means keeping growth while managing your injury so that you don't break down, you don't burn out, you don't get physically injured. That, that is pretty much the crux of what a lot of people are trying to say You know, when they talk about self-care. Right? It's trying to keep going, keep doing what you do and make progress, achieve the life that you want without breaking, breaking down. Without breaking down. That, that is the fundamental idea behind this whole, you know, frou-frou thing around self-care. Of course, uh, self-care then is adopted to tell you to spend more on this, spend more on that, and, and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so, so but we establish this preliminary idea, right, where it is really about keeping progress or keeping growth without breaking down. That's pretty much the underpinning goal of most people. And with that underpinning goal, then comes the whole idea of managing the stress, managing this, um, yeah, managing the self so that you don't, break down, you don't burn out, you don't, you know, lack a care of self, okay? So, so this pretty much stems the whole discussion, okay? This is where I come from when I think about self-care. But of course, um, people tell you what to spend and blah, 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 and, and that's the discussion that we can have ongoing. So this brings me to my very first point, okay, of the myths of self-care. Because now that we've established this idea, um, what is the biggest myth, you know, of self-care out there today, in my, in my view, is that Self-care is a separate activity that you do on top of your normal life. To me, this is one of the biggest problems out there, okay? Because what, what, does, that, what does that mean? Okay, you see, I go to the gym, it's hashtag self-care. Go for dance class, hashtag self-care. Eat well, hashtag self-care. <laughs> you know, like, go for massage, hashtag self-care. Travel, hashtag self-care. Everything is hashtag self-care. And I get it, right? I get it. You do all these things, you like them, it's de-stressing. Some of them have hormonal changes, you know, some of them have psychological changes. It, it, I get it, right? So all these things, if you want to crudely classify them, it is all under the bracket of de-stressing. 
right? So you bracket them as de-stressing activity. Because like we've said, in the front part of the podcast, what are we trying to do? We're trying to keep ourselves below breaking point, right? So if you keep yourself below breaking point, yeah, this, these activities do help, right? They help to de-stress you. They help you take you out of your quote-unquote normal life and, and what have you. So they do help. But this then becomes a problem when you don't actually solve the causes of stress, the causes of the things that are causing you to have to go through all these things, right? To have to, to feel that, oh, there's a need for me to do all these, right? Other than advertising and marketing and big capital, uh, this becomes a loop. You become a, going through an endless loop. Okay, there's all these things that are causing problems in your life. You're not very clear what what is it. Then you feel like, oh yeah, maybe I should go for a gym. I should do something else. So then, then then you consume. You consume to try to solve all these problems to de-stress. And then you go on this loop and loop and loop, and it becomes an endless thing. You end up spending a lot of money, and you always feel like you need more. You always feel like there needs to be more. There needs to be the next thing, and it never ends. So this becomes very problematic. But what's even more problematic by extension of this idea is a lot of people then think about, oh, okay, I have all these self-care activities. Then in my day-to-day life, then my normal life, then does it mean that I don't need to care for myself? Is that, is, that, is that where we are going for? Like, okay, I have all these self-care activities that I do as a, on top of my normal life. Then during my normal life, I don't need to care. Like, I can stretch myself. People can bully me. You know, I can, you know, people can be aggressive with me. I can do all these things. And it doesn't matter how I live my normal life. Is that what it is? I do think that a lot of people have these thoughts. Because to them, it's like, oh, I cannot control all these things. These are within, not within my control. So I just let people continue to bully me. I just let the stress continue to build up. I just let all these things continue to build up. And then I will do all this extra stuff to manage the stress so that I don't break down and I practice self-care. But this then becomes an endless cycle and you're actually hurting the root of the self, right? your identity, your confidence, self-love. All these things does not exist anymore because you then believe that, oh, in my normal life, I don't need to care for myself. Right? So this translates to all sorts of extended problems and then it becomes a whole new bunch of uh, things that you need to consume then on top of all the problems that has been created. Right? So to me, this is one of the biggest myth of self-care that we do really need to think about, right? Is self-care a separate activity that is on top of your normal life? Or, if, or should you practice self-care in the holistic fashion of your whole life, you should care about it, right? Rather than just this extra thing that you put on top. And there tend to be a premium somewhere. People will spend more money on this special thing, right? Or this special travel, or this uh, special gym that I go to, or this, this special facial that I go once in a while. And then there's premiumization, then you spend more money on, on doing all these things, right? So, so it, it, these things don't help. So try to think of self-care in a more rounded fashion and to integrate it into your life rather than a special activity on top of the normal life that is causing all the stress that you don't like. Which brings me to point number two, and that is self-care may be a lot less about the self and a lot more about your social circle. And we'll talk a little bit more about this afterward from our sponsor. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Okay, as you know by now, I'm house hunting, right? So I am in Malacca. Uh, no, I am in KL now. <laughs> it's no longer in Malacca. Right, previous video, I was in Malacca. So I'm in KL now and I'm house hunting. I'm hunting in this place called Subang. By now, you know, I've been talking about this on my podcast again and again and again. One of my biggest love for this place is because there's uh, some level of suburby life, okay? What does that mean? It means that it's a relatively small community. People kind of know each other. You go to the same cafe, you will see the same people. You go to the same noodle shop, you will see the similar people. And after a while, you kind of build this realm of people that you know. You kind of build this social circle. You kind of build this safety because you see them every day. It's very consistent. But there's a big city problem that we have in not just in Singapore, in, 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 the, in the world today, right? A lot of people that live in big cities, they feel very ostracized, right? Even in KL, um, Kyoto, Tokyo, many places, right? They feel, they feel very ostracized. Why? Because if you think about it, the city life is a very stressful life, okay? Firstly, it's highly competitive because everybody comes here to make money, to try to grow, to make progress. And, you know, if you are born in Singapore, you're native to Singapore, um, a few generations in already, right? You, you may not feel like it is a combative place because you grew up here, this is your place, you know, it's, it's home. But for the many other people that come to Singapore to work, it is for competition. They are here to fight, they are here to combat. And they do add to the environment, they do add to the culture in big cities. And it's not unique to Singapore, it's any, everywhere else. So big cities have this generally combative idea, combative environment. And also, there's this problem in the big city where you don't know anybody, right? Or you know a very small handful of people. Every day, you interact with all these strangers and it causes a lot of stress, right? So, big city syndrome is a very um, discussed and very un well understood idea by now, right? A lot of noise pollution, like the highway out there that is making it very difficult for me to record. <laughs> there's a lot of noise pollution. There's a lot of uh, sounds. There's a lot of lights. There's a lot of... It's a lot hotter because a lot of concrete. Singapore really does a decently good job with trying to lower down the city temperature. And the most important thing is there are a lot of people that you don't know. And they're all here to fight. They're all here to compete. So in such an environment, it's very stressful, right? Which is why I have a tendency to like suburban life, right? Malacca, Subang, you know, uh, where else? Danang, you know, even Halong Bay. Uh, I entertain the idea of living in Jianshui, a place in Yunnan, right? So they're all like suburby, you know, yeah, kind of townish kind of places, which you know more people. It's a safer place. It's, it, it feels nicer because you know more people. And I think that is one of the big crux of why a lot of people are feeling very stressed up and feel very, feeling very alienated and feel like they need to have self-care. And this is one of the biggest needs that I feel that it is lacking, right? Which is a safety need and a socializing need, right? So I do believe that by this extended thought process, what more people need to do is to spend less time with the self and spend more time with other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and people will say, oh, but it's all these other people that's causing my stress. Like, okay, then you can find other, other people. You don't need to be with the same bunch of people. Uh, and, and this then helps to, this then brings me to this idea of reframing your thought process. Why? Because when we were growing up, when we were growing up as kids, right, I think a lot of us, we have a, quite a tiered friend idea in our head, right? So we have a very tiered way of looking at friends, there's the friend, then there's the best friend, then there's the super best friend. You know, there's, there's the kind of uh, one-tier system where you kind of rank everybody. And if someone doesn't meet the basic qualities that you look for, you will price them out of this ranking system. 
But over time, as you develop in your life, as you go out there, you start to realize that there are different kinds of friends. Some friends are great to hang out, you know, just hang out, la liang, chit chat, talk talk, you know, what is happening out there in the world, blah blah blah. Great, lovely people to hang out. Some friends, right, are just good to, you know, let's say, do an activity, like play tennis, play badminton, play basketball. You know, you need people to play together, right? Over time, you form some sort of loose friendship around this activity, around this sport. It can be yoga, it can be morning walk, it can be anything, right? So, so there, are, there are people that are like that. And then there are some of those friends where you will go to them when times are hard and you know that they have solutions for you. They have ideas, they have been through some of these things that you are going through and they can help you. And then you can be more vulnerable with them. You can do deeper and, and what have you. And then uh, there are also those friends that is a very transactional you know, relationship in a way of like, oh, okay, I do business. You also do business. Or I'm in this association. And then we ha, 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 ha. You know, it's perfectly fine. Right? So to me, that, this, is, this is a process of reframing your thought process. Right? To, to, to move away from this stratification of people to look at every individual as someone that plays a certain role in your life. And when you look at it this way, you then become more open to this idea of, yeah, you know, I can, I can just make some casual friends around a particular activity or I can get to know more people that, you know, does not need to be framed in a very narrow fashion because I do think that this complex, you know, very rigid criteria is forcing a lot of people not to expand their social circle. Right. Well, what's, so, what's so problematic about hanging out with random strangers at first right, to play board games together? After a while, everybody coalesce around a lovely activity. Right? And then you start to form a social support network. You, you, you may not go into very deep conversation. Some people may be able to end up in a deep conversation, but it doesn't matter. This is the beauty of uh, social life, right? having that varied social circle so that you can kind of bounce between multiple social circles and you can be everywhere and they kind of fulfill the different needs that you want to have. And it's very symbiotic, right? They, they fulfill your needs, you fulfill their needs and then life kind of moves along. And, and this is the beauty of the suburban life that I think more city people need to think about, right? Or need to practice. Maybe think less, like, practice more. Try to make more friends, go out there and have a wider varied circle. Which also brings to this extended idea of can you remember your schooling days? Right? Like, let me just draw your energy to your schooling days right? where every day you're learning a new thing. Every day you're pushing yourself. Every day there's some sort of stuff. Okay, let's be real. Huh? When you're at work, you solve some problems, yes. But there's a lot of repetitive thing going on every day. Or sometimes in a week, you don't even learn as much. right? But, but when you were in school, you learn and learn and learn. Every day there's something new. right? Every day you're getting pushed. But it doesn't feel as horrid. Right? It doesn't feel as horrible and I do think a big part is because it is done in a group. There's a social setting and there's a lot of casual social setting that goes along in school and that is the beauty of physically being in school which is quite, it's quite stupid to do all this online learning kind of thing. Um, it depends on what your goals, okay? But, but this then translates into a certain idea of like, oh yeah, maybe what we modern day people really need is just more friends, but in uh, different facets, right? So it's, it's not about this new activity or this new silver bullet, right? Or do this and your life will be better. Do this and hashtag dance, hashtag gym, hashtag travel, you know, but really trying to re-envision your social circle and expand that have a little bit more friends. I mean, there's a Harvard research that shows that all oh, the happiest people are people with great relationships. But all that being said, I think for city people, especially Singaporeans, yeah, let's look at expanding our social circle. Hopefully, this will become uh, a stronger way of taking care of yourself, which I think it will.
Okay? Which brings me to point number three, and that is self-care is probably a lot more about subtraction than addition. When you think about this, a lot of people will say like, oh yeah, you know, I, I want to take better care of myself. So I eat better, I do better, I work out more, I, I whatever. There's always this more, this better. You know, better, okay, like that one, I think I, can, I still can accept, but there's always this more, right? This idea of more and more and more, which is a lot of addition. Right? And let's be real, we're humans, right? We're not, we're not machines, right? we're not like data sets, you know? Like, so there is a humanal capacity. Right, there's an upper limit to what you can. And you need to push this upper limit if you want to become high performance and you want to lead big organisations. Yeah, you need to kind of push this. And uh, it's an it's a ongoing process that we can keep talking about. Of course, as I make progress, then I will share with you more. Lah. But I think the general idea here is to try to focus on what is really causing these stresses. Let me give you the typical banker scenario, right? They hate their boss, hate their customers, hate their products, you know. Uh, that is the truth. You can look at them. Just talk to some of your banker friends, okay? They, they hate what they do or they feel very alienated by what they do. Then what they do? They go downstairs, drink, right? Happy hour, right? The whole day not happy, only the hour happy, drink. Right? After they drink, they gossip, they feel better. But prolong, you know, prolonged days of drinking and gossiping and trying to like cope with this situation then lead them to have a belly, right? They feel, they feel fat, they feel you know, lethargic, it affects their body. Then they start to think like, oh yeah, I want to do yoga, I want to do, go to the gym. Then they, then they feel like, yeah, very tiring, I need to change my schedule for it, blah, blah. You know, but they still continue their whole drinking thing so that they can manage the whole uh, stress from the boss or from the product, from the management. Alright, so, so they build all these things to try to cope with the situation, which I perfectly understand. It's very human. But instead of trying to build all these things on top of the main problem, why not? Let's just look at the main problem. Right? What, what is so stressful about working with this boss? Is there a way to change a department? Is there a way to manage the boss? Right, talk to them, um, have a conversation. I know not. I know not all bosses are easy to talk to. Okay, so but, but uh, I think I'm quite easy to talk to Okay, but anyway, anyway, yeah. So so, uh, yeah. Try to manage upwards. Right, I think this is a discussion that we lack. Right, in in our society, there's always this like top down approach. Everything is the people at the top knows, or they act like they know Right, so you cannot really question them, and it's very problematic. Right, but but um, I do believe that the people on the ground knows best. Right, because you you on the ground, you know what you know what's going on. Right, so. Uh, how you do? How do you? How do we then learn to reflect upwards? Right? How do we then learn to manage upwards? Okay, I, I cannot do this in this podcast, but I do feel that this needs to be called out, right? Like more of us need to learn to manage upwards, right? Change, try to understand what they are thinking and try to influence their thoughts and, and work through with them, especially when you have dissonance with with your bosses and your managers, right? So so that that is a extended discussion that that we can have. But from a personal level, right, from my personal experience, um, after doing a lot of things, I realized that one of the, my biggest stress points is my home, right? So um, by now you know that I've gone through a lot of uh, complex kind of uh, traumatic uh, scenarios and all that. And one of the biggest cause of all these things is uh, yeah, my home. Right? So I have abusers at home. Okay? I vividly call them my abusers uh, because they did abuse me growing up. 
Uh, it took me a long time to get to this position, but I feel like, yeah, they did abuse me. And don't tell me about filial piety. Don't tell me about all those rubbish. Okay, To me, those things are conveniently siphoning the responsibility of the elders and just putting on all the expectation on the next generation, which we can talk about as we go along. But yes, so this thing was causing so much stress and pressure in me such that I go out very early. I come back very late. I try to pack my schedule. I don't really want to stay back. And every time I hear the doorknob turn, I will feel this heightened energy. I, I try everything, right? I go, go out more, you know, work out more, do everything, right? And then I realized that actually, why not I just shift out? And once I shifted out, everything became better. Like I was in a lot more bliss, I was a lot more comfortable. It doesn't mean all these things suddenly vanish because, you know, there are lingering trauma activities, but I am trying to solve things at its roots, right? And when you solve it as its roots, it's a lot more prolonged, the effects are stronger. And I do feel that that is where we should focus on, right? Removing all these things that we have built up to try to survive. So subtracting all these fancy, fancy things. And then try to go to the root of like, what is really causing some of these problems? Let's take care of that. And to me, that is the ultimate self-care. Really caring about how you live your life. Where are you? What are your goals? What can you handle? What can you not handle? And work through that to care for thyself and not additional activities. Yeah. Yeah, just want to plug again, uh, watch out for Future Fitness. It's coming out very soon. It's a new show that I'm building. But yes, in, in all in all for today, I think what I'm trying to tell you is not to not care for yourself or not to not participate in self-care, right? Because um, I think everybody had to make some mistakes as we move along to then be able to finally figure out you know, what really works for us, you know, what is the life that we want and all that. But just try to give you more thoughts to work through this idea of self-care because it's getting very trendy. Right? And so I want to sum up today uh, the three pointers that I believe uh, uh, can help you go a little bit further rather than hover on this myth of self-care. Number one is that self-care is a separate activity on top of your normal life. It is probably not, right? You, you don't want to keep it in that situation where you can just do all sorts of things to abuse your normal life abuse yourself in your normal life and then um, do extra to care for yourself you want to work towards you know caring for the self in a totality rather than a separate activity and point number two is that self-care may be a lot less about the self and a lot more about the social circle that you have I do believe that a lot of people have um, too small a social circle to support them you know in this in this uh, city life to try to move forward so try to make more friends you know change the way you think about friends and uh, grow better relationships. I do think that has a lot of prolonged value in that. And number three is that self-care is probably a lot more about subtraction and less about addition. You've already added a lot of things. Try to remove some of these stuff and then solve the problem at its root. What is really causing some of these stresses that is pushing you to your breaking point and how can you then remove them or live beyond those things. So with that, I hope you learned something useful today. See ya! I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. Join our community telegram group, follow us on our social, sign up for our weekly newsletter. We are doing a weekly newsletter rebooked. We are going to have a lot of information within the newsletter. Everything is in the description below. And if you love us and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. Also, if you have any interesting thoughts you want to share or you know someone that we would like to hear from, reach out to us through hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. With that, have a great day ahead. Stay tuned next week and always remember, personal finance can be chill, clear, and sustainable for all.
Okay, so yeah, thank you for tuning in as usual. I, I just like to do a little bit of chatter at the back. Um, I'm on the move now, so it's a bit hard for me to be recording everything in bulk or recording a lot of topics. So you will see my background set keep changing just because uh, I'm on the move, right? Eventually, I'll find my nice house and then I'll build a small little studio set in my nice house. And then you, you I can bring you guys on a room tour if you want. Okay? If you want a room tour, drop it in the comment section below and then we can take it from there. But um, yeah, self-care is, is this whole trending thing, right? You see more and more people talking about it. And then there's another subtopic is do everybody need a therapist? And I, I think my answer is no. Not everybody needs a therapist. Um, it's just the same. I would say it's similar to not everybody needs a fitness trainer, but everybody wants to be a little bit fitter so you can learn some of the best practices. You can learn some of the what is, the, what is causing and some things you can practice on your own. Um, so same with, I think, the mental health elements. Um, there's too much talk about, you know, therapy, therapy, therapy. It's like everybody needs a therapy. No. Therapy is a very well-documented medical process that is trying to get people, you know, um, that is diagnosed to get to a healthier level and get them out of some of these uh, challenges that they face. Okay, but for the many of us, uh, we need a healthier mental health. Yes, uh, maybe not therapy. Lah. Okay, so I think self-care is then the subtopic to, to be discussed. Okay, for next episode, I think... I think I want to talk a little bit about, um, yeah, let me, let, let's talk a little bit about food, right? So yeah, if you didn't know, I, I write down a lot of these ideas, so now I'm looking through these ideas, right? So let's talk a little bit about food next, uh, next episode. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not the most convincing person to talk about food, but I do think there are some nonsense food trends that we should, we should talk about and just kind of have a more vibrant discussion around this, okay? Rather than let the people with the six packs and the, you know, the, the, the tank top at a time, you know, just let them dominate the whole discussion. <laughs> so, so I'm going to share with you a little bit more about some of these nonsense food trends that I've seen that, uh, yeah, I do think we should think about because it's causing us a lot of uh, money, uh, very expensive and, uh, yeah, it can be a little bit problematic. 